Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast. I'm Dominic Bohan, the host of the Data Driven Podcast here, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Deidre Downing, who is the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Deidre's got a wealth of experience in education focused on teaching large enterprises the value of data literacy. I'm thrilled to invite Deidre and some of her friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal listeners. Okay. Here's a special data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast, guest hosted by Deidre Downing, the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Hello, my name is Deidre Downing from Story IQ, and this week we're going to discuss optimizing customer experience with data insights and privacy regulations. Yesterday, Sam and I talked about using consumer insights data to improve the customer experience. And today we're going to continue that conversation by discussing the impact of data privacy regulations. Okay, here's my conversation with Sam Torres, the Chief Digital Officer at The Gray Dot Company. Welcome back, Sam. Thank you. All right. And, you know, we gave our listeners a little bit of a teaser about this yesterday when we started talking about AI and data privacy. And I think it's super important uh, and something that's on a lot of people's mind, right? Making sure we understand where our data is going and how it's being used. So do you want to keep talking to us a little bit about, you know, the, the privacy issues with the AI and, and what you were thinking yesterday that we held back on? Oh, do I? Okay, so this is definitely one of my favorite topics to talk about. There's a lot of ramifications when it comes to data and especially with, and and privacy, and especially now with the introduction, or really how prevalent and how easily accessible AI tools are now. So the first thing to know when it comes to AI and privacy, or really just AI and legal compliance period, the laws, the litigation that are going to set what is okay is happening right now. So it is an evolving scenario. We're not really sure where it's going to end up because I don't have a crystal ball. Unfortunately, that'd be really cool. But it's it's something that's going to change. And if anything would tell us, you know, if anybody remembers the Facebook Congress trials, clearly it's going to take a while for the laws to catch up with the technology. Uh, so a couple things to note here. Anything you put into AI tools, you need to really carefully look through their terms and conditions because chances are they now it, they now own it. it. It belongs to them. So don't put in any of your own intellectual property. Don't put in any proprietary information, right? One of the biggest faux pas we saw last year, uh, Samsung engineers were putting uh, source code for the Samsung OS for mobile phones. They were using ChatGPT to help refactor their code, make it more effective. And that source code got leaked. So, you know, it's things like that. It it can happen. Uh, So again, read those terms and conditions. The other things, um, the EU and the U.S. Office of Copyright and Patent have both come out and said anything that is generated by AI is not copyrightable. So if it's important enough to you that you want to be able to protect it, you still need to have a human generate it. Um, So that's something that's going to be really important to understand. The other things that are happening that maybe don't that don't affect the consumer or the average business user yet is that there is a lot of litigation going on about how ChatGPT and similar tools are crawling the internet and using that data to educate the model. Now, reasons why that's problematic is because it's using data and content that is copyrighted, that is protected, right? But Authors are absolutely coming out and suing 
OpenAI, the creators of ChatGPT, because their content was used to educate the model. And obviously, if you're a award-winning, best-selling novelist, your words are literally your lifeblood. It is how you pay your bills and probably a lot more. But those types of things, we're going to see how it comes out because no credit is given being given to those authors when that type of content is being used. So those are things to be concerned about. Also, keep in mind any data that you have going as far as you're using it for your own marketing analytics. Say, I would not recommend putting them into these types of tools because they no longer belong to you. Um, there's also questions going on right now, especially in the EU when it comes to your own marketing website data. Does it actually belong to you? And the reason for that is because probably most companies are using Google Analytics. So technically the data belongs to Google and you don't have control over it. So there's just a lot of things going on as far as who owns the data, who's allowed to use it to train models that, like I say, I, I love using ChatGPT and similar tools for helping improve processes, helping me, uh, like we talked about yesterday, helping me with my syntax sometimes on code that I'm trying to write or even just, you know, putting in meeting notes and saying, hey, please pull out the the action items, which actually I use Notion for that. So call it to them. But, you know, those are very useful things. But if it's really coming to like creating something unique, creating something meaningful, these AI tools, are, that's not what they're built for. And that's not what they can reasonably do. Great words of warning there. And I think uh, yesterday you sort of gave an example of some prompts that you can put in that don't necessarily give away exactly what you're trying to do, right? Write me as if I was trying to do this. We won't get into best uh, prompt generation here, but to any of our listeners, there's a ton of things out there that help you write prompts that do let you keep your data and ideas a bit more private, uh, but still get some of the, as you said, process help from ChatGPT. Are there any regulations that are coming down the pipeline that you see that might limit uh, your ability to really use some of the data that you've had access to in the past? So certainly things that are coming out of the EU in regards to Google, uh, yes. So uh, like I say, with Google Analytics, they even, uh, there was, I believe it was a French court outlawed the use of Google fonts, um, or at least the, the popular way that, that sites implement them. And so I would say look to the EU for probably leading the charge on how consumer privacy is going to be protected. I would say when it comes to companies countries that have a lot of data, the US is probably the most lagging. In fact, the only really data privacy protections we have are around HIPAA. Um, and really, so, you know, financial and medical information. And then there's also the California Consumer Privacy Act, which, to be fair, it, I mean, it's a great step in the right direction, I think. But it's, it's very lax compared to other regulations. Um, but if you are operating in the EU, and keep in mind that operating in the EU doesn't mean that you actually have an office there. It means do you have clients from there? Do you have a following from there? Right? If, uh, I believe it's if 20% of your site traffic comes from the EU, then you are subject to EU regulations by their own laws. So data privacy is really important that even if you're not selling to Germany, for example, if you... If you're getting a lot of German audience, it's something that you could still, you still need to be aware and you still need to be compliant. Also, just uh, in the last six months, Canada has put out a ton of new regulations. And frankly, we're, we're still working through what all of them mean. Because um, there, I mean, it's, it's a new body of law. So there, there is a lot of interpretation that's coming on. Um, 
we haven't seen, at least to the best of my knowledge, anything coming out that's strictly relating more to like AI, other than those statements about, you know, this data is not copyrightable or, or the product of what's coming out of this. That's been also really important for your image tools like Midjourney, um, which of course then there's a lot going on in the art community about how Midjourney is is ripping off the style of artists. So I would say look for more to come um, that may limit how you can post and and you may want to take a stance of you know how much risk do you want to take as a brand for using those types of assets. Right. Um, I will say with things like Midjourney and Dolly, I'm like, why do we still have stock photography? I'm so sick of stock photography. Stop it. So, you know, all, all of those things may, may come into play, but we'll see how it goes. Clearly, the legality around using people's data is in flux and it's going to constantly be updated as situations change, technology changes, et cetera. But one thing that I would hope doesn't have as much flexibility and change is the ethical component of using consumer data. So. Can you speak to us a little bit around the considerations that you should have as you are using data that, while is out there, again, may, may or may not be known to the consumer that it's out there? Yes. So, of course, anything that is PII or personally identifiable information, um, pretty much anything you have, any tools that you're using, if PII is in there, um, there's going to be protections. So, you know, we don't ever, as a marketing team, we don't ever want to really be able to narrow in on an individual person when we're doing research. Now, when you're doing lead nurturing, things like that, that of course is a different story. That's where you start getting into CRMs. And ideally that's someone who has opted into your program. So that's where privacy starts to get a little bit muddy. If you're buying email lists, dear God, it's 2024, please stop. Like those are the things that you really need to watch for. Um, for some of the more ethical, you know, PII is legally protected. It's, and a lot of the companies are, are doing what they can to protect that as well. So your vendors and things like that. And when it comes to the ethical considerations, I do think that's something really interesting. We're continuing to see that evolve as well as people start to understand what kind of biases are innately there. So for example, yesterday we were talking about how you can run sentiment analysis. Well, depending on what language you're doing it in can really affect what, how, words feel and what is the meaning because language itself is biased, right? The words that we use, how we use them, all of that is is really part of that process. So understanding and knowing that there is bias, even in just your language and how you communicate can start to really, once that opens up, A, uh, for my personal journey, once I kind of got there, I was like, oh my gosh, everything I've been doing is wrong. I wasn't trying to exclude people. I didn't know that. So it's definitely like a Ah, moment, and then followed by, okay, but I can do something about this. And so uh, also there are some tools. There's one called Cog Bias. I absolutely love it. It is an AI tool, but let's say you're creating messaging or doing communication or writing survey questions. You can actually put your language in there, put the comms, and it will come back to you and tell you what kind of bias is in the words that you're using. And this becomes a lot easier to understand I think when it's not English, right? English is very literal. We don't have genders in our language. Um, I saw a TED talk where somebody was talking about how like uh, the word for bridge in German is masculine and the word for bridge in Spanish is feminine. So how that changed things is that Germans describe bridges as like masculine and strong, very masculine energy. Whereas 
Spanish speakers often describe bridges as beautiful or graceful or, you know, the more feminine and, and lighter side. So it's really starting to understand like, where are those biases? And just know that these large language models are taught on the internet, which is mostly content written by white men. Nothing against white men. I'm married to one. He's great. But (laughs) it is something to think about when we're thinking about marginalized people or people who have been oppressed. These large language models are trained on so much data and history and books where they have been oppressed. So really just trying to take into those considerations and use that to better inform ourselves and educate and expand our messaging so that we are more accessible and we are, you know, being a solution or being the solution for more than just a couple groups of people. I think it's so important that you're calling that out, right? That that the inherent bias comes from, you know, generally one group of people owning a, a significant amount of content on the internet. And I think the more that we can call out that we need to sort of take different lenses, we need to really think about where our biases are coming from is going to be essential in making sure Again, we're using data in an effective way, but also in a way that is inclusive uh, to everyone. So thank you for, for calling that out. I think it's incredibly important. Are there other biases that you think people should be on the lookout for that you, you know, maybe you said you've come, you know, a ways in your journey and thinking about bias, like anything that was your other aha moments that you could save people, uh, hopefully not some self-reflection, but a little time uh, in, in learning about themselves? Yeah, so uh, it really just depends on your market. So really start looking into, you know, is there a technology bias, right? Uh, and what ac- what access to technology that they have. And also, you know, it really just starts coming down to being culturally mindful and also, you know, what what types of traditions or, or history do they have? So a, a, one of my favorite examples is the color white for Caucasians. So Europeans and Americans, white is usually like a light color and it's great. If you go to Asian countries, white means death, right? Very different things. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's really starting to understand what are those cultural implications and knowing how that has impacted the data. So I think it's, it, it is mostly just taking that time to reflect and recognize that again, also most of the models have been taught on English content, Right. There's not a lot of other language content. So it's, it's just understanding like those things may be in there. Um, that's why I love the cog bias tool because it really helps identify in areas that I don't think. I'm trying to think what other aha moments I had. Uh, but yeah, definitely understanding where the technology is and how that affects how ready people are and just what's possible for them um, given their current infrastructure. Uh, I want to turn it over to you. If there's any sort of last words you have on data privacy, any of the regulations, anything on ethics before we wrap up for today. Sure. Um, so really when it comes to data, uh, obviously I love it. I think it's really powerful. Um, and when in doubt, start with your first party data, right? Farm what's in your CRM because it's data that you do own. You know, it's yours. You, you can do with it. And again, it's because those users have opted in. Ideally, I hope so. 
So really looking there. And then once you start expanding, extending into third party data sources, you know, take the time to understand how are they getting that data? What's their approach? Does it align with your approaches or how you would want to gather data? Are they reporting on their bias? Uh, Because there's always going to be some, I think, to think that there will never be any bias is just idealistic and not going to happen. But certainly everything we can do as much to make it inclusive and accessible is is what we want to do. And then also recognize that what's going on with these second party data providers. So when I'm talking, what I mean by that is like your Google Analytics, the data is actually owned by Google, though they give it to you. So understand those relationships with your vendors um, start thinking about, you know, coming up with your own data protection guidelines to protect you and your customers. Obviously, knowing how to secure data is is where you start talking to cloud security and really just InfoSec. But these are all things to consider, and it's not going away. It's not like the data is suddenly going to become free for all. I think what we see is we are going to, we are a society that is edging towards protecting our consumers. And so get yourself ready for studying the data in aggregate instead of trying to hone in on single users all the time. Thank you, Sam, for that great sort of last bit of advice here for our listeners who might be thinking about getting into using uh, consumer data to create those insights. Um, and that's going to wrap up this episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Thanks again to Sam Torres, the Chief Digital Officer at The Gray Dot Company, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Sam, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can also contact Sam on Twitter, where her handle is at Sam Torres ATL, or visit her company website at thegray.company. Thanks again, Sam. This has been a lot of fun and hope to have you again soon. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can always reach me. Just submit an inquiry at storyiq.com. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that when it comes to data, less is more. Bye.